The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Let's talk about change, because one thing's for sure, your next great and glorious adventure demands it. All you need to do is let go of the past that's creating your future, those ghosts of abuse that limit you. Yes, it might all fall apart before it all falls together, and that's okay. Will you answer the call of radical and orgasmic aliveness? Will you choose you? Welcome to Dr. Lisa Cooney on Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything, your guide for creating a life that's light and right and fun for you. Hello, 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 beautiful beings. This is Dr. Lisa Cooney coming to you from Cedar Haven Stables in Cedar Hill, Texas. It is Tuesday, July 19th on this hot and sunny and humid day in the place that I now call home. And I'm really excited to be talking to you today about how you say no to God. Yes, I'm doing it. We are having a show. I'm having this show on spiritual abuse. It is not a topic that uh, comes lightly. It's not a topic that will probably be light, but we're going to make it light and fun with as much ease, joy, and glory as you know this show can be. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce my guests that are called here to me that have vulnerably and willingly um, allowed themselves to share their story about um, their experience with a certain church, um, more personally, and putting it all out there on the line, if you will. I'm going to share some things as well with the church, cults, religions, and things like that that I belong to myself. And we're going to have a really open and honest discussion about this. And we hope that it contributes to you out there. Spiritual abuse is not something that people like to talk about. Um, but I'm so, so grateful for um, the recent show that did win uh, Oscar nomination, Spotlight, which is all about the Catholic Church and the uh, sexual abuse and the cover-up in the Catholic Church in the United States, in Boston, uh, Massachusetts particularly. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and give you some resources as well and share some personal stories, run some clearings. We are taking calls at 1-888-346-9141. And we're going through uncharted territories, and how does it get any better than that? That's what this show has been all about from its inception. So, true to form, here we go. So, welcome, uh, Megan and Suzanne. Good to have you here, and thanks for being here. Thank you, Lisa. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> right here. We, we did it. It was so, so funny so I, because right 
before the show, we got the image that uh, your people used to promote this, which had our faces in the Mormon temples together, and it both it sent shockwaves through both Suzanne and I, and I'm like, awesome, more clearing, here we go, because both of our families are still quite active in the church, and um, and it's not, I mean, we're not just talking about, like, the church, because it, it plays out in the, the metaphysical community, it plays out everywhere, but... It really, it's time to talk about it and clear it and, and really open the space with this. Yeah, thank you so much for that. And, you know, you guys get to, um, I introduced you as Megan and Suzanne and people that are on Facebook. You put some things out there. I put some things out there. But I kept your last names private, at least here, I think. Mm-hmm. And you get to share that, if you will. And, and if you want to, and it doesn't have to either. You know, this show is broadband all over the world. Um, if this is really less about the, the, the church in and of itself and more about your personal experiences and with all churches, um, religions, cults, and institutions, and how um, all of them can literally, insidiously, sometimes very vocally and blatantly disempower, disconnect, deny and dissociate one from their own power, their own choice, their own reality in the face of connection, love, nurturance. And and since there's just a show called Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything, we're focusing on the Beyond Abuse here regarding spiritual abuse and what can the three of us and whoever calls in and whoever's listening contribute to the world about, you know, speaking our own stories and our own experiences about what we are naming abuse. And that might be different than some of the definitions of what other people or institutions name or define abuse as. And it might even get some feedback from family members or people that do prescribe to um, certain religious institutions and whatnot. And all of that is welcome. Consciousness includes everything and judges nothing. I want everybody to know as you're listening to this that... We're not saying our points of view are the only points of view or that we're right in in any superior way. That would totally go against the entire thing that we're talking about here regarding spiritual abuse. We'd be doing the same things. And I think it was Gandhi, you know, that that master Gandhi, (laughs) who said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth leaves you blind and toothless. So we ain't doing that. We don't want to leave nobody blind and toothless. (laughs) <laughs> we, we want to leave everybody in more choice, in more power, and in more empowerment. So, basically, I'm going to say that, you know, abuse in its broadest sense is really using or treating something or someone in an improper way. Now, what does improper mean? Okay. Disempowerment, power over. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, giving you a choice, but at the same time, knowing that there's consequences if you choose other than what they would like you to choose. There's some harm when abuse happens. And there are many kinds of abuse, physical, emotional, mental, energetic, psychic, sexual, and, of course, spiritual. Um, you know, when we're talking about spiritual abuse, this is about the leaders, pastors, 
televangelists, Bible teachers, mentors, disciples, ministry directors, counselors. You know, um, it could be about ministering the whole organization activity, or it could be about one individual. Um, so a good definition, if you will, of spiritual abuse, or for, for this show, without having to be in any form, structure, you know, or significance, could include any aspect of selfishness, you know. Um, acting, you know, to the benefit of oneself by using self-centered efforts to control others. There's a great acronym that I found when I was doing some research about spiritual abuse. And they usually did, they did it so beautifully with abuse, A-B-U-S-E. And they said, acting spiritual to benefit oneself by using self-centered efforts to control efforts. I love that definition of abuse. And you can find it on, believe it or not, this geekychristian.com forward slash spiritual dash abuse forward slash. I love that, geeky Christian. Um, <laughs> anyway, abuse, acting, spirit, acting spiritual to benefit oneself by using self-centered efforts to control others. There are some other definitions of spiritual abuse that, that are, and you can look this up on the Internet just by typing in spiritual abuse. And again, I can't believe everything on the Internet. But spiritual abuse can occur when a leader uses his or her spiritual position to control or dominate another person. It often involves overriding the feelings and opinions of another without regard to what will result in the other person's state of living, emotions, or spiritual well-being. Going back to the acronym of abuse. Acting spiritual to benefit oneself by using self-centered efforts to control others. So, that's what we're talking about today. Um, this is one of those shows that there could be, you know, hundreds of callers coming calling in, or everybody gets silent because they actually don't know what to say because they may not have ever looked at this. So, I'm asking everybody to take a look. So, let's expand our energy of space, use some access consciousness tools here. 500 million miles up, down, right, left, front, and back. Breathe energy in through the front of us, in through the back of us, in through the right and left of us, up through our feet and down through our head. And be like, hi, body, hi, body, hi, body. Hi, body, hi, body, hi, body. Body, what energy, space, and consciousness can we and our bodies be to bring forth whatever questions, whatever's in the highest and best for this show, for all the, you know, 205,000 listeners, for all the people in all the world, from every country, free ethnicity and religion to receive something of the greatest empowerment, the greatest possibility, the greatest actualization, the greatest generative capacity to change individually and externally this whole context of spiritual abuse, misuse, and disempowerment. Everything that brings up and lets down, let's destroy and uncreate it. Right, wrong, good, and bad, pop, and pop, all nine shorts, boys, and beyond. So, with that said, um, and I'm going to leave a little bit to you guys, Megan or Suzanne, whoever wants to start first. Um, actually, I'm planning to just go with Megan to go first here, and then we'll come to you, Suzanne, if that's cool. And just share mm-hmm. briefly, um, you know, what's your, what's your pull for today's show? Mm-hmm. Wow, that is a big question. What, what made it so valuable and meaningful to you? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. yeah, I'm super excited. When I attended your ROAR class in March, it was a very eye-opening experience because 
mean, I have been a facilitator, coach, healer for almost 22 years now, and my first modality was a modality called rapid eye technology, and it was a it was to clear trauma and abuse. It was very effective at that, and I I wor- went through so many layers of working some of my different forms and various forms of abuse, and worked with a lot of very intense things with other people, and was able to hold a great space. So, you know, twenty some years later, I show up in war, and I realize that I have this energy of spiritual abuse that I had not seen or recognized playing out in almost every facet of my world still. And that's that's my pull because it's insipid. And then I looked around and saw my colleagues and friends and clients and and, uh, the Utah communities as a whole, and I saw it playing out everywhere because it wasn't just like the, you know, the Mormon church or the polygamist or whatever. It's like when we left those places or, you know, I, I did, Suzanne and I both left the Mormon church, but then it actually began to occur in the metaphysical communities here with um, leaders like sort of um, going after the, the girls and being told that if you didn't sign up for this program or whatever, that you weren't going to have a life and like, it was it's so insipid that it just got it just kept getting transferred to all these other places. And and then I began to see all the different places it was twisted in my world and in, in in particular in my business and in my creations because we're talking about the energy of creation essentially, right? Like every spiritual path has sort of got a creation story and, and all of that and it kind of got all wound around in there and I just was like Oh my gosh, like, either I'm not so bright, which sometimes I'm really not, um, or I just, like, how did I not see this? And so I, I want to talk about it. I want to open the space for it, and it's super vulnerable. Um, we still have a lot of family uh, still participating. I have friends participating in organizations that I think there's sort of spiritual abuse going on in, and I just want to open the conversation and and help people get present to the energy so they can recognize it and have a choice. Because I think if we're not aware, Great. it's super hard to make a different choice. Yeah, that's great. And I'm, I'm really glad for you to say that. So would you consider yourself, and I know a little bit about you, so I'm just going to go right for this. Would you consider yourself Mormon? Would you consider yourself, um, you know, a former Mormon? Would you, would you say that you're you know, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or what, what do you classify yourself as or nothing, or what did you classify yourself <laughs> as or nothing? <laughs> That's a fun question. Well, I stopped going to church when I was 15, but it took me until last year to get my name off the records to be removed. And it's, it's interesting because there's actually a lot of hoops to have to remove your name, and they make it super hard. And uh, but I and but I also think that had to do with me being afraid of repercussions of, of taking my name off and how would that affect my family and things like that. So I would say that I was raised Mormon, but I don't mm-hmm. consider myself any sort of spiritual affiliation now. Okay, cool. And I love what you said, Megan, about talking about this to give people choice. Even that example of like getting your name off the records and the hoops that you have to draw, you know, right, or hoops that you have to go through in order to be removed off of the records. 
just the hoops that you have to move, move through to have a simple choice to be removed from something that no longer works from you, there shouldn't be any hoops. It should be a very simple, should, 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 pock and pod me. Um, uh, yes or no, I would like to be involved in this or I would not like to be involved in this. It's like when you get a newsletter, you should be able to press unsubscribe and have constant choice and free choice. No, no, you know, I, my personal opinion is, you know, I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic grammar school, uh, Catholic, private Catholic high school, um, all nuns, all priests. And, and I went to a Jesuit college, and then I went wild <laughs> after college. And then I found solace in a Hindu spiritual community uh, known as Mata Amritananda Mai. She's known across the world as the Hugging Saint. And I never had to become anything in that community other than uh, what Amma said, which was, my religion is love. And it was a choice. I was like, hey, I can get behind that. How much, you know, how, how is it going to hurt me to love a little bit more? Because um, at the time, I was a little bit, I was a little bit angry and a little bit bitter about my childhood back then. So that's about 15, 20 years ago now. And even though I don't uh, particularly prescribe to any religion right now, like yourself, I do prescribe to choice. 100 godzillion percent. So thank you for bringing that in. Um, Suzanne, why don't you talk a little bit about you and, and your desire to be with us here today? Sure. Um, well, I feel like I I got a little bit dragged into this, honestly. <laughs> no. No, I, speaking of choice. Speaking of choice. No, that's actually incorrect. That's, that's really funny. But Megan... Um, is very much an instigator for all of this. And um, and when she said, do you want to be on the show, there was an instant yes that came through me. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, shit. Um, so it was definitely a choice. I don't. I think that it's coming from uh, some other part of me that, um, you know, really wants to, uh, is really very excited about the conversation. Um, for me, um, I didn't, really leave the church until I was in my mid-30s. So um, I grew up in the Mormon church or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the, is the official title. Um, mm-hmm. And I got married in the temple and I was um, had three kids with a priesthood uh, leader, you know, my husband who was considered the authority of the household. Um, and, you know went through a lot of uh, uh, experiences in getting divorced from him and, um, you know, dating again and um, still trying to kind of maintain my church status. So um, I have eight brothers and sisters, and seven of them are still in the LBS church, and I have one sister who's not. So um, for me, it's a, a, it's been a lifelong experience to, um, and only recently um, been completely out of the church. Um, and for me, why I'm here is uh, exactly what you're talking about as far as choice. I, I never questioned the church um, because I was raised in it from birth, and, uh, and yet I was completely um, miserable and unhappy and felt like no matter what, um, I could not do enough 
um, to be good enough. Um, and so for my 20s um, and early 30s, I was in a constant state of uh, low self-esteem and doubt about who I was and, um, you know, and really my value in the world. Um, now, for me, a lot of that came from the perfectionist um, uh, expectations of the religion, and um, and so it's really difficult to um, to feel empowered and to feel like I had choice and to feel like that um, my voice was uh, worth anything. So, um, for me, my lifelong uh, message to the world is about owning your own truth and um, and feeling empowered and being at choice um, and aligning with what's true for you. And so that's why I'm here and that's why I'm opening this discussion today. Thank you for that. And that was really beautiful. And that also opened up um, another, another version of what you said is, I never questioned the church. church. So how many of us, based on what our family did and what we were, you know, just subsequently, you know, doing, you know, never questioned what we were doing because our parents were doing it. But at the same time, in our bodies, in our minds, something always felt wrong, but we had to numb that wrongness out or that questioning out because you were told in a certain way to never question the church. Mm -hmm. So all the ways that all of us have been really indoctrinated through churches, religions, cultures, ethnicities, institutions, cults, um, spirituality, whatever it is, money, to never question what is and just follow along as, as if what is works for all of us, as if we're all like IBM computers on a conveyor belt that, you know, are just the same. Let's destroy and create that right now. Right, wrong, good and bad, pot and pop, all nine shorts, boys and beyond. And... It's interesting, Suzanne, you know a little bit more about me, and may I share something that that I I was picking up on, not being right or wrong, but I could possibly have been picking up on when you were talking. May I share something sure. about that? Yeah, absolutely. There was a there there was a little bit of a there was a little bit of what I perceived as like a shakiness, a shakiness energetically. And whenever I perceive that shakiness energetically, like like um, Megan said in my roar classes, and I'm not saying war, I'm saying roar, R-O-A-R, radically orgasmically alive reality in the classes, is that when people actually start speaking about something that our bodies have been indoctrinated not to question or not to speak about, there is this shaking energetically that happens. Sometimes it's a sweating of the body or you actually start shaking or you actually get cold or it's like, there's this file that gets unlocked and like, oh my God, this is my truth, but I've been told not to speak my truth. Oh my God, this is my truth, but I've been told not to speak this truth. Oh my God, this is my truth, but I've been told not to speak this truth. So everywhere your truth is the lock and not speaking it is the key. And everywhere speaking it, not speaking it is the lock and what the shakiness is the key. Let's put the lock in the key and the key in the lock and the lock in the key and the key. Give everybody permission, no matter if you're... Mormon or Christian or Hindu or atheist or um, Jewish or, or um, I don't even know, Buddhist, whatever you are and whatever you prescribe to, whatever that is, let's just open that up right now 
so that we could all question what's light and right and the best choice for each and every one of our beings and for our all, all of our embodiment. Everything that doesn't allow that, let's destroy and uncreate it. Right, wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. And let's give all of us the permission to question. Question everything. Judge nothing. Question creates the awareness for what's light and right and fun for you. And going back to that, that original thing about abuse, and the show is, you know, about moving beyond abuse, it's like anywhere that all of us um, are somehow acting, you know, spiritual to benefit oneself by using self-centered efforts to control others is just superiority. So that's what we're speaking to. Now, you guys are talking about the Mormon church, so I want everybody to know who's listening that, you know, this we, we plan this conversation because I am going to, to Utah to facilitate uh, a couple of classes, uh, creating business beyond abuse class, a three-day access consciousness body class, um, a taster on the creating business beyond abuse, and my two-day embrace your roar class, which is moving beyond different types of abuse, limitations, and constrictions. And we also came together because we're, we're all part of Access Consciousness and, and the coaching and self-help and self-empowerment field. And this felt like an area that the three of us and coming to Utah with the energies that I bring, with the energy that the show is and the energy of Live Your Roar is, which is my business, could really expand something and do something that apparently Utah and maybe even the Mormon church has been calling for because there's a lot, I get a lot of messages and I'm getting some emails now from people about how difficult it was for them to leave the church and to go through those hoops like you were talking about, Megan. And anything, in my personal point of view, anything that you have to struggle to get out of is something to question. Everything that brings up and lets down, let's destroy and uncreate it. <laughs> right, wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shirts, boys and beyond. Anything that you have to struggle to get out of deserves a question. So we have a caller here, Kaylin from Utah. So let's bring that energy and and see how we can contribute to Kaylin. So hi, Kaylin. This is Dr. Lisa with Megan and Suzanne. How can I contribute and how can we contribute to you today? Hi, Doc. Hi, everybody. Hi. Um, you have a question for us? I was listening at the beginning mm-hmm. of the call, um, or at the beginning of the show. I'm su- I'm feeling a lot of energy. Anyway, I'm noticing a lot of energy, so I'm feeling pretty intense. But um, I was listening at the beginning, and I was realizing, like, I was becoming aware of this energy that actually... Not sure that maybe I embody it or like I'm just going to own it, but I was realizing how I actually energetically am kind of abusive, not just towards myself and my body, but even in my relationships towards others. And that even though it's a very subtle thing, and I'm sure that, you know, it's passed down, but whatever, like I choose to change that. And so Wait. I'm like, Can I ask your question? right now. So that more joy can be facilitated in my life and in relationships on this planet. And even though I have people in my life who are LDS or Mormon or, or Catholics or whatever, or Hindu, like, what's true is that, like, 
we are all, like, in this soup together in a way. Like, that's true for me. And, and I choose to be an embodiment of peace for that. And I choose to own my truth hey, about hey. that because even though it's not my truth to be a part of a religion, and, and I feel, anyway... Were you saying something? It's echoing. So can I ask you, can I ask, yes, I, okay, cool. Can you hear me now? Can I ask you a question? Yes. Great. How are you abusive in your relationships? How am I abusive? Um, if, yes, that's if what you people, said. people, like, I feel like in some way there's always this energy of allowance. Like, I want people to feel like they can say no to me if it's truly a no to me. I want to be able to say no when it's a no. But then I also know that if if it's something that I really want, there's still that energy of, like, getting upset, like, which could be manipulation or control, and sometimes it's passive-aggressive or backlashing. And and I can just see, like, the energetic web that, that creates that's abusive, like... To me, that's abusive because it doesn't create expansion. It creates constriction. Does that make sense? Great. So this this is a show. This is yes, makes perfect sense. So this is a show about spiritual abuse today and how do you say no to God? And what you're talking about is there are many different ways to spot some sort of spiritual abuse. So I'm going to link this to spiritual abuse. And and so when you have no respect for a person's personal liberty, that's a version of how to spot um, spiritual abuse. But it's also a really good indication of how to spot when you're being abusive, so to speak, in your relationships. So if someone says yes to you and or says no to you and you get triggered by that or angry about that, that's a disrespect of somebody's personal liberty. And if you expand and, and receive their no as not a... Um, defense against you or a reaction against you or as a wrongness towards you and as a choice for them that is being the energy of the joy and communion that you wish to be so consciousness receives everything and judges nothing so my tip to you Kaylin would be to every time you hear somebody else in your personal relationships or in another religion or um, spiritual situation or anywhere, where your yes is met with their no, use a tool called interesting point of view that I have that point of view, and you can just say it to yourself. Say it five times without even verbalizing it. Take a breath. Interesting point of view that I have that point of view. Interesting point of view that I have that point of view. Interesting point of view that I have that point of view. An interesting point of view that I have that point of view. And then you'll probably notice that the energy of constriction when you heard their no when your desire for yes was there starts to change and starts to expand. And then you can ask a question like, hey, tell me more about your no. I really am curious about that choice. And likely then you will be able to just let it go and move on and get with their no and stay with your yes and move forward. And that's what most of us don't do in this reality. We use this superiority um, that is kind of like a spiritual elitism where we think our yes is and should be everybody's yes. 
people do that even in the counseling field and Megan and Suzanne could probably, you know, echo me on that. They, you know, I always tell people that come, I've been working for 25 years, private practice myself all over the world. And I don't pretend to have one answer for anybody. My sole job is to empower the person like yourself right now who's asking a question to guide them and shine a flashlight on something that they are asking for contribution to change so that they can be more of the infinite, amazing, brilliant, phenomenal being that they truly be. Without spiritual elitism, without counseling elitism, and with respect for personal liberty, everybody gets to make a choice. Whether you're Hindu, Mormon, Christian, Buddhist, Muslim, um, American, Native American, black or white, green or red, it doesn't matter. When your yes is your yes and your no is your no, everybody should simply back off and let that be. Now, there are some concerns about that, like if it's a child and if somebody's like running into the street wanting to kill themselves or they're going to commit a crime, those are some ways to intervene. So is that helpful, Kaylin? Yes. Great. Is there any other contribution that I could be right now to you? No. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, hon. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for bringing that energy in. Do you guys want to say anything about that? Megan or Suzanne? Well, something that you talked about earlier, Lisa, about when you're not, when it's something is hard to get out of or to say no to, we should be in question about that, right? But I think in like the Kaylin situation, it's like when we're raised in an environment where we are not given a yes or a no, like I was probably not allowed to make very many of my own choices most of my life until I left home at 15. I had no idea I had a yes or a no until I was like 35 years old because my yes or no was the mm-hmm. place of authority in my home. Like that's who gets to say yes or no. And I didn't get to say no to any of that. In fact, I was terrified to say no. Um, and so as a mm-hmm. result, it was hard for me to hear no in other people when I would ask them for things. And so I think what Kaylin's talking about is actually pointing in the direction of this whole show, which is that when you're not given free choice, when you're taught to distrust your own signals, your own body, your own knowing, in uh, deference to an outside authority, be they your father, God, whatever it is, it I think it puts you in a dangerous position. Like, I put myself, because I hadn't been given any of my own choices, when I left home, and I kind of left home to try to get some freedom, I, like, I, well, not in a world of good or bad, but I made some pretty interesting choices that landed me in jail and a few other things like that, um, that because I, I had no idea about um, what, what, my, what my own instinct was. I put myself in unsafe situations over and over and over and over again. Didn't know my no didn't care about other people's no. And I think that's part of what happens in spiritual abuse is we do not get to see what our own truth is. And so I, I, I think it's that yes, no thing is really, really big for people. 
I think that that is really exquisite the way that you said it, and that was the note that I I um, wrote down myself, and that's why I'm so glad that Kaylin came in and brought in the energy that she was talking about, because what what you said, just bring it back to the show, that the priest or the authority in your home was the choice maker, which means that somebody other than you had the choice, like you said. But so what that sets up is a pervasive pattern of you, of me, of Suzanne, of Kaylin, of everybody deflecting their own personal, personal liberty, personal choice to an outside source. And most people then when they put that outside source as their choice, they never know who they be and they never form into a full whole communion with themselves and they always look to somebody else. That is abuse. I always say, and you probably heard me say this in the war class, but I've always said for years, part of our work as counselors and as change agents and as healers, whatever you want to call it, is to um, embody and empower people to be free in the fullest expression of knowing when their yes means yes and their no means no. And also knowing when their no is a yes and their yes is a no. And making ourselves the source for the creation of our choice. So everywhere, in all lifetimes and dimensions, realities, religions, cults, institutions, jobs, relationships, um, whatever else I might have forgotten, where our choice and our voice is more accepted and respected when it's based on doing what others would like us to do instead of from within our own internal knowing, I would like to revoke, rescind, recant, renounce, denounce, destroy, and uncreate the forever commitment to that and all the oath vows, guilties, communities, commitments, agreements, binding and bonding contacts, contracts to that, be destroyed and uncreated, and all private, secret, invisible, covert, unseen, and acknowledged, unspoken, undisclosed agendas to that, be destroyed and uncreated. Would you all join me now? <laughs> Yeah. Right, wrong, good, bad, bottom, back, all nine shorts, boys, and beyond. Exactly. I love that when you both said yes. And <laughs> yeah. and what we're going to do now, yeah, yeah, we got another caller. And I want everybody to know on the show is that I'm not going to break because this just feels like a topic that we get to, we're just going to even just, you know, touch the top of. We got another caller, Victor, Victoria from Utah. So, Victoria. This is Dr. Lisa with Megan and Suzanne. How can we contribute to you today? What is your question? Hello, what is Lisa. Your sharing? Um, first Hello. Of all, I'd like to express my gratitude for you for Access Consciousness tools. Um, I have been using them, and uh, I left the Mormon Church over a decade ago, and I even stood at the pulpit and said, you know, there's more than just these four walls for me, and I'm going to go find it. <laughs> And, um, mm. but I felt like a part of me had to, I had to reject me or some weird twisted thing got twisted that way. Um, it hasn't been easy, <laughs> but I feel like there's an opening now being created and two things that are coming up for me today that I'd like to, um, find clarity about or mm -hmm. whatever is the difference between anger and potency and also the difference between really empowering people and facilitating people and the difference between telling people, which can feel, feel really disempowering. Mm -hmm. Well, cool. So um, do either one of you would like to respond? Because you know I can talk or do you want me to go for it? <laughs> 
Megan or Suzanne? Okay, yeah, I'm going to go. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I don't want to just, you know, talk over you guys. So, um, but I did just put you on the spot. So, how does it get any better than that? Right, we're all going to have fun park all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. So, um, in my interesting point of view, like, if somebody comes to me and they say something, like, I was working with somebody before the show, and they were struggling with a decision about something. And should I get this job or stay in this job? And should I go, you know, put the applications in elsewhere? And I could have actually gone into very clearly um, telling the person what to do. But what I did was I asked a question and I said, okay, with what we're not dealing with, which is what you said you wanted to deal with by going on to this other decision that you want to try and deal with now, <laughs> are you actually avoiding what would actually clear being able to make um, the decision about what you said you're in conflict with? And then they said, yes, let's deal with it because if I don't deal with it, then it's certainly blocking my, my clarity. So the easiest thing that I can tell you is the difference between empowering and telling somebody is one, asking a question. When you find yourself giving answers to somebody, you're basically telling them that you're superior over them, that you know more than they know. And that's that disempowering piece, Victoria, that you were talking about. What our job is as counselors, as mediators, as healers, as teachers, as change agents, is to actually bring forth more of the person and elicit that power and potency from their body. And that is true empowerment. And you can say, what do you know? Or tell me more about that. Or, okay, what, what is it that you really wish to do that is both light and fun and right for you? And then you put that choice point back on the person. And you're basically saying, hey, I'm here as your guide, your ally in healing. I'll take your hand. We'll walk through it together. I'll shine a flashlight with you. But I'm not going to do it for you. Because I was raised with somebody that did everything everything for me, Victoria. And I got to college and I didn't know how to go to the library because my mother did all my research in the library. And I was fine to go sit and read books and dissociate because of my history, I didn't want to be present for nothing. But what she taught me was that she didn't believe that I could do it. And, you know, I was in all my testing in grammar school and, and whatnot was in the principal's office because they thought I was slow and mildly retarded and all that. And it was so funny. When I went to get my master's degree and my doctorate, I was actually pretty brilliant. And I didn't have to get sent to the principal's office. And I didn't have to have anybody do my homework for me. And I didn't have to have anybody do my research for me. And it was such this moment. And this was when I was like 25 or something when I started or got my master's. And it was this moment at 25, two and a half decades, I felt completely stupid, demeaned, retarded. I had tutors for everything. I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't focus. And what it was really about was all the abuse that no one was talking about, all the violence that no one was talking about. No one asked me a question, Victoria. They just put me somewhere to try to fix the problem. So that, to me, is the difference between empowering versus telling. Is that helpful? Yes. Um, that's helpful, and I just want to reiterate that the yes and the no of getting clear on your no and your yes and is really important, and it's in my face so much right now. Um, <laughs> so I'm actually just saying what I'm saying is I'm just look, I'm looking forward to you coming here to Utah and to come 
to coming to your classes to, to, to be more empowered, to, to be even more free from um, people-pleasing or whatever those kind of issues have been. Um, it's, it's really great because I'm mm-hmm. seeing it really in my life right now and, and, and the, the, the chance to make different choices are there in the way that I disregarded myself, discounted myself. Really seeing my yes and my no's and being comfortable with that is really key. Thank you, thank you so much for that, and I'm really excited for Utah, not only because of being with Megan and Suzanne and doing the classes, but also because I have a very strong affiliation to the Mormon Church, and I've worked with thousands of people, actually, um, from our, my time in Arizona, my time in Idaho, and my time in Utah, and friends and family. I know, I know very intricate details of the Mormon community, and with my, um, my work with with moving people beyond abuse, a lot of the individual work that I have done have has been with people within still the Mormon Church and without, who are just like um, sharing, very very individuals sharing about the complexities of the incestuousness and the uh, permission of all of that from very young ages and the abuses between brothers and uncles and sisters and mothers and fathers and marriages and 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 sex and sexuality and virginity and non-virginity and you know all the different things about all the different wives and all of that and and I'm not saying anything about the particular religion. I'm just speaking to what people have come on my into my office and told me about their shame, their blame, their guilt, their regret, their resentment, their rejection, their fear, their doubt, their disbelief, and that disempowerment that they embodied. And I always say that as long as we keep it in our bodies, and this has been true for myself and my own abuse, as long as we keep it in, in our bodies and don't speak about it and don't work to empower ourselves and get beyond it and move beyond it and and be our, our brilliance and not get locked down by the shame of abuse, we are keeping abuse on this planet. And I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. I've lost too many people who have killed themselves or known that they've killed themselves, or, and I've spent too many years myself, you know, unable to actualize the potential of myself because of what was still locked inside of my body. And, and that's really why I'm coming to Utah. So in order, the, 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 and, and doing these classes and doing the show, the anger and the potency, Victoria, I, this is potency that I'm speaking from. I used to speak it from anger. My anger and voicing that, first of all, anger turned inward, anger turned inward, psychodynamically, is what manifests as depression. Depression is just anger turned inward. Now, if you unlock that anger, and then you start verbalizing it and vocalizing it, you get your potency. And sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, all the time, speaking What's true for you will always give you potency. I'm not saying vomit your truth on everybody because, you know, I lived in California <laughs> for 20 years and one of the greatest spiritual, spiritual bypassing phrases in California was, I'm just speaking my truth. Well, actually, speaking your truth can have daggers to it and take someone out. And that's not what I'm talking about here. There's a difference between focused anger relief work release work, and potency. And there is a very big difference. Anger has a double-edged sword. 
potency. It's just expansive and um, um, full of possibilities. So I'm coming to Utah. <laughs> Thanks, Victoria. Thank you, ladies. Thanks, Victoria. Bye-bye. Now, there's a lot that I've said here, and there's, believe it or not, this show, had just we're going to have to do another show and do more of this. So everybody out there that didn't get a chance to call in that is a little bit stunned and shocked that we're even talking about this, and anybody from any other cultures or religions or ethnicities that would like to speak besides and in addition to, you know, the Mormon culture, please email va at drlisacooney.com and let us know your desire for, you know, questions, possibilities for another show about this, and certainly Megan and Suzanne, um, I'd love to invite you back to talk about more. I think we could, you know, definitely do more than what we've done here, but we, we started something that I haven't done on this show, and it's just opening something up, which was our intention and was our target. Um, mm-hmm. For the show, so are you willing to come back if we if we want to do more? Yes, absolutely. I will keep coming back as Great. long I want as to- you will have me. I am so excited <laughs> to do this. There's so many people who have something so amazing to give this planet, and it's twisted up in these energies. And it's time to free it up and for us to create and be what we came here to be and create. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if the spirit of what you're involved in, my friends listening out there, is not of freedom, possibility, joy, and ease, there's something wrong. Ask a question. If it's not, the spirit is not freedom in the church that you be and in the spirituality that you're living in. If the freedom is not in every single moment and every single choice, then something needs to be said, looked at, find a support group, find, uh, go online and type in spiritual abuse. If you're in an authoritarian leadership child, I mean, sorry, authoritarian leadership style or, or it's a secretive atmosphere or there's spiritual, spiritual elitism or financial manipulation or no respect for personal liberty or hyper-spirituality, those are the people that aren't really trained well but because they're known as a priest or a minister or a Jehovah's Witness, they think they are closer to God and more superior to you than you're not. Those are the hyper-spirituality when they claim something that they aren't. And remember, nobody, nobody knows more than you know about you. Don't give yourself to anything else or over to anything else as if they know more than you. No one knows more than you. And there's a great quote in the beginning movie of Spotlight where one of the victims Um, who worked tirelessly to get the newspapers to look into and investigate, which he finally broke through, and he said, when you're alone and you're not with anybody, and then a priest, they use priests in this case, a priest comes to you and makes you special. It's called grooming. The newer term is gaslighting now. Um, comes to you and showers you with just specialness and nurturance and kindness and compassion. And you're starved for that. How do you say no to God? Well, as a child, no fault, no blame, no shame. But all of us knew, myself included, when the nuns and the priests that I witnessed abuse people in my uh, upbringing as well as abuse me, 
and torture me and treat me disempoweringly because they're the nuns and the priests and closer to God and, and I'm just nothing and I should like bend over backwards or get on my knees and prostrate to them because they know more than me and if I did that, I would be clean like them, right? That's the stuff that we're talking about here. That is not an expression of personal liberty. That is not empowerment. That is abuse. So with those words... Quickly, I'm going to have to close the show. Megan and Suzanne, do you want to have any final really quick words here? Mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you, Lisa, for your power, your presence, and for the expansiveness of this conversation. It's not about making anybody wrong and us right or anybody right or wrong. It's not about right or wrong. Um, it's about choice and it's about freedom, and I appreciate the energy of that in this show, and I'm absolutely willing and would be honored to continue to talk about this because, as you said, this is just the very beginning, um, and people, it takes a lot of courage to talk about this and to open this wide, and so I appreciate and am grateful for all of us a part of this conversation. Mm. Thank you, Suzanne. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Voice America. We're going. I have to close. I'm so sorry, Megan. I have to close. They've been so kind, and we have to go to the next show. So stay tuned for the next show on Spiritual Abuse Part 2. I've got emails and calls coming in from Jehovah Witnesses and Christians and all of that. So we'll get together and bring you another show, everybody out there. Thank you, Megan and Suzanne. Thank you, everybody else. Thank you all. We'll speak to you soon. Bye now. Thank you for joining Dr. Lisa Cooney this week on Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything. Please be sure to tune in again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we meet again, make this week yours.